inconsistently conversational podcast where we have very occasional and inconsistent conversations only. I'm your host, Bailey Hunt, and with me as always is my wonderful co-host, Noah DeGeorge. Noah, how are you today? I feel like you should, instead of saying, as always, <laughs> you should say, and sometimes your host. Uh, can I go back and do it again? Let's redo it. Hey, welcome, welcome back. To the, back to the strictly, welcome, welcome back. Welcome back to the future. Welcome back. Just welcome back. Welcome back. So I suppose some context is in order um, for why we only do this podcast whenever the heck we feel like it. It's because this semester was my last. Well, actually, both of our I'm last. Gonna, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you. We don't have to explain ourselves to anybody. Yeah, guys. We run this show. Yeah, it's my freaking show. We don't, don't ask have, me we don't have like a producer or a manager. Yeah, but we do have audience members this podcast. I guess you're right. Go ahead and give the context. Yeah. Um. Well, do you want me to give the whole, just the whole, the whole give shebang? Give the whole shebang. Okay, so basically this semester was both a Noah and I's last semester of residential learning on campus. And so we had to do a lot of stuff. And I had a project to do, a big old senior project to do. And Noah had to finish school. And so basically there wasn't much time for anything else besides those things that we were doing. And so we decided, because we'd both be around this summer, that it'd just be a good time to do a hard start on season two instead of, we did sure, a soft yeah. so you know how restaurants do like a soft open and, and they where just it goes. like hey come on in community members like see if you like our stuff that's what we did with our podcast season two so what are we offering at this restaurant we'll be offering we'll be offering uh kisses on the mouth oh, okay so and that's more of a, that's more of a straightforward soft open <laughs> I wouldn't call that a soft open <laughs> you at all. You call it a sloppy open. Mm. Are you more of a, a sloppy wet or an unforeseen kiss kind of guy? I, this isn't. Here's the thing. That's not the first time somebody's asked me that, <laughs> and I really hate that question. Yeah. Uh, because stop saying sloppy wet. It's dumb. I disagree, Gary. Really? Yeah, I'm a sloppy wet kind of guy. Why? Be well. So the original context of this song, John Mark McMillan, who wrote the song, was like. I want the love of God to be portrayed in like a really, I don't know, almost like gross and very human thing because that's like what we are. I think that's a really bad explanation of it because God's not gross. Why don't you just call up John Mark McMillan and ask him if that's what he meant? Do you mean like? Hold on, let me get. Yeah. Oh, hey, he's got him on the. He's got him on the hey, horn. It's me, John Mark McMillan. I ate. Hey, it's me. I don't know how to do it. Do it I don't know how to do a John Mark McMillan voice. So um, to hop into the content of the show, we actually have changed the way that we do this show. So instead of like bringing a topic to the table and saying like, hey, let's talk about VeggieTales or animation or like whatever for an episode, we have decided collectively to change the way that we do the show. And this is how we're going to do it. Collectively, as in the two people in management, <laughs> the two people you're hearing <laughs> as right in, now. As, as in the two people that matter in this corporation. I had suggested to Noah that like, instead of just like doing a topic that one of us on alternating weeks would like bring a conversation topic to the table or like pose a question and be like, Hey, Noah, what do you think about this? And that would be the podcast. That way it's less, because I think our name, Strictly Conversational, is leading you to believe that we have strict conversations about goofy stuff, when in reality, we just talk about stuff. And I feel like it's more organic to just be like, it's Strictly Conversational because we're just having, it. like, that's all it is. It's, it's not scripted. It's not, yeah. you know, it's less planned. I mean, we've, we've had planned episodes of where... Super planned like, episodes. Let's We want to hit these marks or whatever, but... Right. Is it strictly conversational then? Yeah, it, well, that's 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 the thing is it's it's more it's more scripted conversational oh, than no. strictly conversational, and so basically, what a, um, what a crisis is, of identity. Yeah, I know, <laughs> just gazes <laughs> off into the distance. So basically, this is going to be my week to introduce a topic, and then Noah will come to me next week in a topic he's not talked to me previously about. That's how we're going to do the show from now on. And if you're on the train. Get on the train. Choo-choo! Hop on board. And if you want to get off, it's speeding at 30,000 miles per hour, so you're probably going to die on impact. Yeah, so. towards, a, towards a cliff as well. Yeah. Don't get off. I, <laughs> you you probably the, shouldn't. You ever seen the movie Unstoppable? No. With Chris Pine and, uh, and uh, Denzel Washington? No, I have not. It's about a train that doesn't stop, and it's pretty good. Is that the same as Nonstop with Liam Neeson? I have not seen that one, but I thought that was a plane movie. Yeah, it's about a nonstop flight. The flight Whoa. don't stop. Dude, somebody stop that flight. Have you seen Speed? 
I actually have not seen Speed. Oh, for real? It's one of my film sins, my cinema sins, if you will. Have you seen Speed 2, Cruise Control? I have not seen Speed 2, but doesn't it take place on a boat? Yeah, it's on a boat. Wow. There's lots of things that don't stop, and one of them is the strictly conversational train. <laughs> is the the theme song of the Speed 2 movie, uh, I'm on a Boat, written by the Lonely <laughs> Island? Uh, I hope so. Uh, I sure hope so. So, <laughs> before we go too off on tangential whatever... I want to introduce our topic for today, and uh, it's pretty. It's it seems out of touch because this thing dropped on Netflix like a year ago. It's been a year, and um, it came out wholesale like in 2011. So I wanted to talk to Noah about the Legend of Korra, mm. which is the sequel series to Avatar: The Last Airbender. Because when I was a kiddo, I watched the first season of Korra started the second season and went this is dumb i'm done watching this and And boy were you wrong Watched parts of the third season and i was like well this is better but i'd never finished it and so now i'm going back and rewatching it through uh and i am currently on season four episode three but i think i have a grasp of what i think about the show i don't know as a big fan because he's watched both avatar and Korra in the last year for the first time right yes for the first time entirely i think uh the last when I when I watched Cora was we were doing the show. Right. And yeah. so, you know, we talked that was about part of our, our reading, watching, listening to segments. in our little segments, little segments. So I just wanted to, like, introduce my initial thoughts on it because I'm a big Avatar fan and grew up on watching Avatar with my with my brother when I was like in middle or in elementary school, not middle school. And like what I think about Cora, I think Cora has a lot of interesting ideas and at points, it's nothing but interesting ideas. I think season two in particular, the reason that that season is such like a nosedive down in quality because season one is so solid. And I think season two has all these like lofty ideas like the dark avatar and like accessing the spirit world and also like bridging the gap between humanity and the spirits and also the first avatar, Avatar 1. First of all, that's like one of my favorite episodes of the show. I think that like little mini episode, mini story with Avatar One is incredible. I, I don't remember it a ton. I'm going to be honest. Like it didn't stand out to me. Well, it's like the the art style is very different, which makes it stand out. But it's also like Stephen Yen, star of um, the 20, 2020 film Minari, is like the voice of Avatar One. And like he, I don't know. I just think he's like a really, really incredible actor. And so like hearing his voice and things is really exciting. But like the origin of the acquisition of the elements is very interesting. It is very interesting. Yes. Because like, I don't know, you just don't know a lot about this world. And so to get context at all is really cool. Well, it's a very Promethean story where it's like, you know, this is nice word. Well, oh, that's our word for that's our word for the week. Is, is our vocab word for the week is Promethean. Like a topic of the week, we have a word of the week. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, we did that uh, like a few times. Yeah, but it is like a Promethean like legend of like, you know, you could see this as I, I think that religion in and of itself embodies this in a lot of different cultures where it's like, oh, well, this thing exists in our world. What is an explanation for how this came to be sure. apart from science? Yeah. And so like, it's so in line with what you would expect from like a, a legend or a myth. But we know from watching this world that that's like, that's really how it went down. Right. I think it's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And like thinking about how all the nations lived on like, and little like segmented parts of the world, like little, like uh, what are they like t- turtle, turtle lion and yeah, lion turtles. And it's just like interesting that like the entire city is resting these lion turtles. But I think the strong parts of Korra are, I think the side characters, Tenzin's kids and Tenzin himself are really, really solid. I really like, we talk, we can talk about Varric. Uh, oh my goodness. I, I love him so much. And I like, um, Probably my favorite character so far is is Zaheer, which is the villain of season three, um, because he is, I think, the first villain in Avatar, period, where his motivation makes sense. You're kind of on board and get it. And like, yet, like, he's like a bad, he's bad news. And he's like, so bad news. And like, at the start of season four has like caused like PTSD for Korra, which is like crazy like it's like in a children's show and she's like literally can't stand because she's so like paralyzed with fear like it's really dark but that's the like i think that's what the show can be is like 
taking what we know of the original series and like building off of it in a really interesting way and making it more like accessible to the kids that grew up watching Avatar and now are watching Korra. Um, okay, so the characters are great. I think having segmented like books, like every book is its own like contained story is really interesting. Um, but I think one of my bigger problems is like the books don't bleed over. Like from book one to book two, there's no real effect. Like yeah, Korra can now like heal people's bending and give it back to them. And we never talk about it again. Right. At least Scott, these thoughts are super scattered. Help me, help, help me order my thoughts well, back in place. Well, let's see. Let's talk in, about it. Breaking it. Break, let's break it down. A in bit. terms of, in terms of like bleeding over the one thing that does bleed over and is something that I actually didn't care for. Um, from season two is like the crossover of the spirit, the spirit world. Yeah. yeah. Um, from season two to season three. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one thing that does bleed over in a way that's like, yeah. it is massive. It like, is like all encompassing. It's literally the catalyst for season three because like book one and book two, they don't correlate at all correlate. Uh -huh. And then book two and book three are like super interconnected. And so are book three and book four, but like, I don't know why do book, you take book, it? book three and book four are more connected on a I would say foundational level in yeah. like a I mean the characters obviously it's I mean you're not going to get different character relationships or different like different sides of each character they carry over yeah. very well but again it's still serialized almost into okay now we're moving on to the next thing right for sure I like I I think you've kind of touched on a bigger issue of mine that I have where it is like serialized where it's like, we're moving on to the next thing. But in avatar, the last airbender, you knew that point a, we're going to train and point like Z we're going to fight the fire Lord. You know that from the beginning of the show, right? But it's how we get to Z. That is, that is the fun of the, the mystery and the adventure of that, that show. That's like how we get there. Cora. It's like, well, she's learned airbending. Like that's in the end of season one. Yep. Where do we go from here? Like what's next? And I, you can tell the kind of the show doesn't really know what to do with itself because at the end of season two, like the, the, the stakes in season one are like, everybody's going to lose their bending. And then Amon gets killed End of season two. It's the world's going to end. Yeah. And then, then Vatu and, and Unalak go away. And then season three, it's just like the avatar's going to die. And so it's like, the stakes are so all over the place. Nothing really feels consistent in terms of like, there's no like undercurrent of threat. And like, I kind of, I wanted that from the show. I wanted like a constant, like what is propelling these people to point Z? It's like we get from A to Z in a season and then A to Z, we start over. Like, yeah. it's just, I, I find that very difficult because I just like, I like this, the, the overarching narrative. I like seeing the hero's journey from beginning to end. And I don't think, Korra has that as much, you know? Now, I'll ask this. In terms of Avatar The Last Airbender, that's one of the things that people complain about. Oh, is really? Saying, is the fact that um, that all the way through, book, you know, books one through three, is it's like, okay, we start here, and it's like, yeah, we got to we gotta defeat the Fire Lord. Right. Now let's take a really long time to get there, even though we're being told it's super urgent. Sure. And with avatar the downfall of it being geared towards a younger audience is that you'll have more serialized episodes week to week instead of season to season right. where it's like what's the gang up to this week oh they're at another village busting down yeah. some some fire nation guys or like you know stuff like that and we've talked about this before i mean the second to last episode before the finale is literally the avatar play and so it's like a very like immediate threat. And then they like they stop for a quick they movie, stop for <laughs> like... a quick movie. And it's very strange. But like part of me missed that in Korra because like a lot of my favorite episodes of The Last Airbender are the side episodes. It's the Tale of Bossing Say episode where we learn about um, boy. Oh, boy. We learn about Iroh's son. And it's the like uh appa like by appa himself. alone appa alone episodes the zuko alone episode i think those episodes are really solid solid and they like build foundational things about character and they build things about the world without like taking away from the story i think the problem with the episodes that take away from the story is that it, like you're like what are we doing here and so i think if you're going to have filler quote unquote they have to like 
substantially add to what the characters are as 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 a whole um and i think with cora because there's no time for that like you don't really have a whole lot of time to get to know these characters outside of dire situations um and like because they're constantly in danger you're like why are we focusing so much energy on asami and mako and cora i'm just like i don't care like i like this was interesting in season one and now we're still talking about it in season two. And like this, uh, do Asami and Korra end up together? Like that's the end of the show, right? Is that Korra's like, likes Asami. I'm giving you eyes right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I knew that. So I don't know a lot about season four, except for Kavir is the villain and Korra's gay. Like that's literally all I know about season four. Nice. Um, and there's a time jump. That's but, the plot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like, I, I don't know. It, it's just like, why spend our time on that if it's not really taking time to be developed because it's like moving at a breakneck speed all the time. And like, I don't know. I, I think the seasons are so off balance in terms of pace. Like season two is like horribly paced. You're just like, yeah. I did not want to finish it. I was like, this is like, there's like four different shows in this one season. I don't, I can't, I can't follow. But uh, I, I think before we go too far into this tangent, I like the show. I think the oh, show, really? I, I think the show is <laughs> solid. I think it's easier to see the flaws, though. I think the show is solid. I think um, those surprises in Avatar, like the metal bending and like blood bending and stuff like that, you don't get as much. Um, and the only time you do get it is like when Zaheer flies for the first time. You're like, what the heck? Like, I just yeah. wish I had more stuff like that. I'm sorry. I'm like rambling. No, I, like we talked about this a little bit also in, I mean, season four does have some of those payoffs. Okay. Um, with, we'll get there. I guess, special stuff. Sure. Um, but it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't hold the same weight because yeah. Avatar tells you that there's this world that's been the same for a very long time and that, you know, it, it needs saving in a way that is like so untraditional because the avatar is a kid and it's like okay well what are we going to get out of this if if team avatar is a bunch of teenagers right and it's so cool what it does with that and cora lacks that in its maturity and its desensitization of like here's the cool things but like a bunch of them. right exactly you get like like, so much metal bending you get like a lot of people can metal bend um you get uh i don't know what they're I forget what they're called. Um, the uh, the combustion benders. Oh yeah, um, season three. There's yeah, you get another one of those, yeah. which uh, Sparky Sparky Boom Boom Man is like a crazy thing to happen in Avatar. Right. It comes out of nowhere, it's, and you're just like, and it's what one is... of the most baller things yeah. ever. It like happens, and you're like, this just like jumped a lot. Speaking of which, like in the this is off topic, but like Cora, like is like a kid's show for most of it and then gets super dark out of nowhere. Like, for example, Zaheer's girlfriend, who's a combustion bender, gets metal wrapped around her head and blows her own head off. That is insane it is, to me. I will all say it. Like, it's one of the most wild things to happen I, in the show. My jaw dropped. I was like... <laughs> me, no, me too. Like, it is. It happens very suddenly and it like hangs on it for a little while. Yeah, because you're just like that. That was that was insane. That was that was nuts. Like, but, uh, was like okay, and going again, going off of this, there is important things that happens. Like because of that, you like get to know Zahir's character by how he reacts to that, and, and it's he's like, just like Earthly Tether's gone into the void. Now I can fly. Yeah, that's like, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. So <laughs> the, the writing, the writing is there. Yeah. you know, like it's so there. Yeah. Well, I think. I think if every season of Korra was as good as season three is and the writing was as solid and the characters, because like, I think that's a very developed season of television. And I think it's like very good, like really solid. I think if every season was at that good, that's better than Avatar. Like it's a better show, but oh, yeah, season one's really good. Season two is not season three is amazing. And season know, four is season four is good. I'm going to yeah. say it. I, and a lot of people don't like season four because it comes off the heels of season three. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's a little bit more down to earth. It feels more like an epilogue to me than like uh, this show is re- resolving. Cause I think season three, like ends on such a like resolved, like yet like melancholic ending. Like it's like, there's, there is resolution here, but it's also like, dang, this is really sad. We're sending out the, the, this nation of airbenders. That's really cool. But she's like super damaged, which but is then like, there's more stuff. They yeah. say like, okay, we'll keep going. Yeah. It, and, well, it almost feels like, I don't know. Do you like Harry Potter? We've talked. We don't like. You don't like Harry Potter. I've but, not seen Harry Potter. Yeah, 
we've we've had this conversation before, but like Harry Potter, the mainline books, and then the Cursed Child, like it kind of feels. Oh like yeah, I, I hear what that, you're saying. That distinct difference where it's like there's more stuff here, but like. But couldn't. this is the good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff is before. Um, I think changing gears a little bit. Okay. Unless you have more stuff to say about Korra. I always have stuff to say about Korra, so we can we can table it. Okay. Well, do you want any? Do you have anything else to say right now? Let like, me think. Mm, no. Okay. So, why I think Avatar: The Last Airbender is such a cool show is that there's stuff that is mainly for children because once you watch animation, you see animation is like mainly for kids, right? And the cool thing about Avatar is that it's like mainly for kids, but their parents can watch with them and also get some enjoyment out of it. Cause it's like one really funny, but two has like these really complex and abstract ideas that kids like can understand and like start opening their minds to. But I think the parents who have lived a long time can like really grapple with those ideas like grief and, you know, difficult topics like that, which kids can grapple with too, but it might be an introduction to them, but the parents have been grappling with it for a long time. I want to talk about, so a movie dropped like a, a movie that we watched together actually uh-huh. about a week ago called the Mitchell versus the machines. Great movie. And I think it touches on something really essential in animation that it's like a kid's movie and kids can watch it, but older people can also watch it and get a lot out of it. Talk about getting a lot out of it. There are some there are some parts in that movie that like yeah that stab you for, in the heart for sure. And I think here's what I will say, and I want to I want to talk about this with you. If so, if Pixar isn't careful, Sony Pictures Animation will will take over. You think you really think so? Mitchell's versus the Machines and Spider Man to the Spider Verse. That's a pretty uh, incredible one two punch right there. Into the Spider Verse is like one of the greatest pieces of animation that's ever. true and it just came out and the mitchell versus the machines is equally as good in my opinion i think it's great yeah but like if they keep going like this making stuff that's for kids but has like abstract ideas that kids can get introduced to and that parents can also enjoy like think about it the last pixar movie was soul which I, is a movie i love what kid is is watching soul and really enjoying it right you're right even the comedy is for 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 adults like there's a a joke about the new york knicks like what kids like (laughs) dude they are getting the knicks like that is good but it's about a middle-aged man grappling with his existence yeah we're like mitchell's versus the machines is very down to earth but also is like kind of like complex in different ways um but I wanted to to get your take on that because it's a good question because I don't know I I actually was talking about it with Isabel who's in the room but is asleep our live or studio audience <laughs> who is not alive our live studio audience uh, Rachel and Isabel are in the room with us uh, but they're being very quiet thanks guys <laughs> yeah thanks guys anyway so I talked about this with with, with Isabel recently um, and uh, it's just I don't know I think it's very interesting um, that we think Pixar is this behemoth for so long. And I think the studio kind of came around the back and it's surprising us because Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, one and two. Actually, I haven't seen the second one, but the first one is incredible. Yeah. Like, it's like really, really solid, Okay, but so. you're, here's – and this is this is one of the issues, okay? To break down a couple things you said because I have one note to land on. Okay. But to break down a couple things, you're right if Pixar isn't careful. However, they have someone at the masthead to and I'm, I'm talking specifically about pete doctor yeah in making these movies that stand the test of time for people that are younger and then stand the test of time for when they're older sure and pete doctor has been has been making movies for a long time and he's been doing a good job of it right now cloudy with the chance of meatballs right. into the spider-verse and the mitchells versus the machines what do they all have in common two men Bill Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. All three of them. Yeah. And they're phenomenal. Now, my last point. Are they're producers, right? Yes. Okay. Um, not not the directors. Yeah. Um, my last point is y- you would be right that Pixar better watch their backs with this Sony animation pictures yeah. coming around. But I've got three words for you. What? No, actually, four words for you. Hotel Transylvania for Transformania. <laughs> okay. so I, kind of I just watched. I just watched the trailer today. <laughs> I was worried that you would bring up Hotel Transylvania, and because I, if you're I telling me, if you're, defense, if you're telling don't. me that that's what they've got in their belt, <laughs> you're saying that they have loaded that into their clip. 
you... chamber's loaded with nothing but Adam Sandler as Dracula. That's did you it. did you watch the trailer? I haven't. I came up on my recommended on YouTube and I said this isn't for me right now. I watched it. No, I watched it on Instagram. Like I watched like the, the square version <laughs> of the movie trailer on Instagram because I had nothing better to do at the time. <laughs> sure. I was going to the bathroom and I was like, well, this is Fitting. here. And it's like it's exactly what you'd expect. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash on the Hotel Transylvania movies. We already have a whole episode about it. Yeah. <laughs> about right. where animation is today. Right. But it's like, yes, guys, like this there's a studio that says we want to make a name for ourselves, and that's the name that you're making is yeah. like Pixar. Now we we talked about this a little bit. Luca comes out very shortly. It'll be out soon. Out in, like in a in month middle, in a month. In middle of June, right? Yes. Um, Luca comes out in a month and I have very high hopes for it. I do too, but it worries me that their own studio don't have high hopes for it. Now, because, this is what we talked about. Because yeah. they're sending it straight to, to pick to like Disney, Disney now, Plus. And I think that that's and it's not even premier access. I think that that's a Disney issue because, uh, and people didn't, people didn't really talk about it, but when, when COVID hit and onward, was in theaters. Onward was one of the last movies I saw in theaters. It wasn't the last movie I saw, right. but it was one of the last movies I saw. And then they moved it to Disney Plus uh, without Premiere Access, right? Because Premiere Access was like wasn't immediately, a thing. yeah. It, it was, was like, almost immediately. I saw it like one week, and then in theaters. And the next week, when I went home because of COVID, like it was yeah, on Disney Plus. Yeah, right. And they they so they moved to that very quickly. Now, what what has come out on Disney Plus with Premiere Access? It's been Mulan, Mulan, uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, and then forthcoming Cruella. Cruella will be which what like you're gonna put and then and then Black Widow on Word and Soul immediately on Disney Plus, but you're gonna you're gonna make Cruella like twenty dollars, like right? Well, Mulan was Mulan was thirty dollars, and I'll tell you what. So I I did watch that movie um nowhere near when it released yeah um i watched it after it had gone to regular access it was not premiere access right and i'll tell you what that movie that movie sucks does it's it, so bad like I, I i was like oh mulan without the fun stuff like I'm, I'm not i'm not down no for this. it's really bad and it's and i don't think that it's like a boy this is so cheesy this is blah blah, blah. Sure. i think more at its heart it pretends to know what it's talking about when it like when it almost uh references like so coyingly um like stuff like crouching tiger hidden dragon where sure. it's like no this is kung fu yeah, this, this is like a real kung this fu is movie. kung fu we're it's using art it's yeah. like hero like, they're like we're, we're using wires and we're doing like right. those long jump bicycle kicks like no guys you're you're trying it really hard and it like looks horrible and i've seen a lot of great kung fu movies sure and mulan tries it really hard but it's big kung fu guy over here hey man i'm a big kung fu guy it yeah. man come on man those movies are awesome all that to say we we're talking about the pixar stuff being the only stuff that disney has put onto disney plus like directly directly to disney plus that has not gotten premiere access because for some reason Disney is only favoring only Disney projects and also apparently Black Widow. Yeah. Well, I think it's like what's going to bring us the most money, but like Mulan made no money. Mulan 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 made no money. I don't think anybody actually I think probably a lot of people watch Ride the Last Dragon, but who's why who who's the market for Cruella? Like like I don't think it looks terrible. And there's like some good people in it. Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. They're like two Academy Award winners in there in this movie. It looks just really weird. I don't I don't I don't get it. Like I just don't understand. The last time you did this with was Maleficent, which was a movie that basically simulated like a sexual assault in a children's movie. Yep. And then the second, the sequel was about the Trump administration and nobody saw either of them. And so I don't understand this new move down, like edgy reinvention of, of like these villains. I just, I just don't get it. I don't know who it's for. Like it's not for kids and it's not really for adults either. Cause I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't get it. I think. That's okay because I don't the the biggest problem is that they don't they're not going to make money. People aren't going to see them unfortunately. Um and I mean people are going to watch Black Widow. I mean people people will That's true. People will pay for Black but Widow. But I I will here's the thing. Dollar. 
I've been vaccinated. I'll go to the theater to go see Black Widow. Me too. You yeah, know, I, mean, I would much rather give my money to my local AMC than give it to Disney Plus to see the same thing. Who, who, who like are drowning in subscribers? Like, like Disney aren't struggling right now. I right. think they want people to think that because their parks have been closed for so long that they're really struggling, but they're not. People are still going to Disney World all the time and they have enough money to churn out like project after project and like here's the thing i don't know what your opinions on these things are i know what your opinions are but the general you i don't know what your opinions on falcon and winter soldier and wandavision are but those are like the biggest television events like in of the past six years arguably bigger than the mandalorian i would agree people are freaking out over it and so it's like I just don't understand the, the the need to be like this stuff that's inarguably good stuff and will be good stuff. You don't have to pay for, but our trash, like our like B side pictures, you have to pay like 20 bucks for like, like, so think of it this way. If this happened like five or six years ago, you have to pay $20 to watch Pete's dragon. Like, are you going <laughs> to do that? I most certainly won't. Or, maleficent to mistress of evil are you gonna freaking watch those like no like would i pay money to watch soul with my friends and family like i would consider it yeah way more so than any of those other movies i i just don't i don't understand now and we to loop back around we were talking about this in conjunction with where sony pictures animation is sure um and they have some home runs like we talked about right i think we talked about mitchell versus the machines recently Cloud with Tansel Meatballs, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. I think all of those are, are are killer. And again, you talked about the Phil Lord and Chris Miller of it all. That's important. Obviously, Mitchell's versus the Machines is directed by Mike Rianda, who is a, a head writer on Gravity Falls, or was a head writer on Gravity Falls. Hey, man, which is also is important. Always hold out hope. Uh, like, uh, yeah, for sure. But like, that's a very interesting case to me. By the way, like, oh like, yeah, that 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 show is is arguably more successful after it ended and like could have gone on for more. And he's just like, nah, I'm done. Hey man, talk like, about the, the, the whole avatar bit, like people coming back to stuff like that. Yeah. Gravity falls is pretty timeless. Yeah. It's super, it super is. And people, and people love it forever, but for sure, I think those creators. So here's what I will say in Sony's, in Sony's defense, before you say what you're going to say. Okay. I think they are giving their creators <laughs> like, full control over their products like their projects <laughs> i agree you like, know I think what they're giving them full control for better and for worse i will like with that with that statement i cannot disagree <laughs> so so what were you going to, to bring up well okay so we i mentioned hotel transylvania 4 transformania transformania right um and i at least know one person who's excited to see it uh, and his name is Brady Bolden. He was a guest on this episode. Go check out the animation episode. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, I know that he's excited to see it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe don't it's just know. a joke. We talk about that downtown sequence in the third one a lot. Boy, like, howdy. Like, like probably weekly. He like, actually called me about it the other day. I'm not lying. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, he asked if we were going to have anything similar to that at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. Okay. The answer is no. Um, but we so we talked about the Hotel Transylvania for uh i mean yes okay it's that it's gonna yeah now again if we're talking about creators having full control over the finished product uh there's a movie that is coming out soon it's sony pictures animation it's coming to netflix the netflix original netflix original uh it's called vivo have you heard of it i have there's like a a really short trailer that came out pretty recently like a teaser that i caught a glimpse of and it it like looks horrendous. Like yeah, it looks like you don't. You're not a fan. It looks like Rio. Like it gave me big Rio vibes. Oh, this is giving me a lot of Boss Baby vibes. <laughs> and like the fact that Vivo the monkey is voiced by Lin Manuel Miranda. I'm just like so. I'm out. Like I'm gotta, out. Yeah, I'm we got it. We got to talk about that. Like creators having full control of their creation yeah does do you think that this is going to be so quintessentially lin-manuel miranda and like sony pictures animation like just coming together everything it always is man like i think anything that he touches anything the light touches anything (laughs) the lin touches he like puts his stamp on for better and worse like i think he's a super creative person 
I think he has his strengths. I think he has his weaknesses. I think he's super unversatile. I think he can do one thing pretty darn well, and that's rapping about historical figures and also Washington Heights. And I don't think he can do many other things. Well, I don't think he's a great actor. I think he his compositions are pretty generic honestly oh, Bailey's going to town on like, this guy but like imagine if, you, if he ever heard this i he and he, he wouldn't care he's too busy drowning in dough and causing bad things for puerto rico like it doesn't oh, it doesn't matter he's like really like also he's like not a good dude i found this out recently yeah like he's like in favor of fracking and like aren't we all yeah I, <laughs> there's no fracking way but like <laughs> you know all of that all that to say i think it will be so like the Lin-Manuel Miranda plays a monkey movie. And I'm just not, I'm just so not here for it. Dude. Like, I just want to imagine like, you know, the, um, what are they called? Uh, the, uh, who, who does it on YouTube? The, uh, the pitch meetings. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yes. Imagine Brilliant. like someone walks into a pitch meeting and is like, all right, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And everybody's like, yeah, I'm wearing my Moana t-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, okay. Have you seen the movie Rio? And they're like, all right. Yeah, we're following. Maybe yeah. he's like, okay. So imagine that, but instead of Rio, his name's Vivo. He's a capuchin monkey from like Colombia, I think. Yes. Uh, and Some it's voiced by country. not only written like the you know music or whatever is written by Lin Manuel Miranda. What if he voiced the monkey also? People are like, uh... people are, yeah. People are starting to like put their notepads down and they're like, wait a second. <laughs> and they're like, Mon well, it's coming out right now. Yeah, and he's like, the, it's already the here. Plush toy. No, it's done. We're making it. What is what is like the Lin Manuel Miranda voices a monkey? Like, yeah, yeah. The, 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 that's the movie. And like, we've gotten this before. Like, for example, John Cena voices Ferdinand the Bull and Ferdinand. Right. We've gotten like that's not actually that's not Sony Pictures animation. I was just thinking, what is sure. um, the star is? It's a blue sky. Yes, blue sky. I don't know. It's it's something else. But like, we've gotten a lot of. But that's this stuff. famous person plays an animal movie like Johnny Depp plays a gecko in The Incredible Ringo. I was going to say, don't, no, don't I, knock Rango I, I, I right will now. never, or Shia LaBeouf plays a penguin and surfs up. Better not well, knock surfs up. Well, of course, but you've seen this a lot where it's like famous person plays an anthropomorphic animal. Yeah. And it, you, you just, you know exactly what you're going to get. I think going back to the original topic at hand, like they have given their creators it seems like full control to do what they want to do for the emoji movie and for the storks so it's yeah. like yeah and i love storks but he likes storks over here yeah but so maybe i have to take back my point of pixar better watch out because like well okay now here's we're coming back to this because i do have an opinion now okay so um Hit me with after luca I don't know if you watched like the D23 Expo stuff with Pixar. You're turning red right now? Yes. Yeah. Turning red sounds like, I'm going to say it right now. I know nothing else about it, but turning red sounds like one of the dumbest things that's ever been come up for a movie. So if I, let me see if I got this right. So it's this young woman yep. who is basically going through puberty. Yep. And every time that she experiences like puberty like thing she becomes a red panda it's more like it's more like, like emotions emo like strong emotions like frustration or excitement she i guess becomes is, a red panda like i think i think pete doctor like bless his heart but i'm pretty sure in the expo he said like whenever she gets excited she turns into a red panda and i was like well let's not talk about this i'm super not here for that but I no don't, that, don't... that concept where it's like okay pixar excels at we talked about this pixar excels at bringing like non-human stories into terms that that we know emotionally not right. just what we're looking at or very human stories and breaking it down so that like young people can fully comprehend absolutely like, what's happening in front of them this or, like what the yeah, future holds for it them. feels regressive in a way that maybe they should watch their backs because yeah. i do not see it performing well and i feel bad saying it because i know that it's um I think it's one of the first, if not the first, uh, Pixar movie that's uh, directed by uh, a female director. Oh, really? I believe so. Um, that's fascinating. And they're—I mean, they're—they're they're, they're like, if it's going to be directed, like directed, like I'm glad it's directed by a woman who understands that experience better than a man does. But like, even still, I don't think that concept is is going to work 
doesn't sound like it works well. I don't know. No, and and I understand that Pixar is making a name for themselves saying like, well, here's, you know, first let's do let's do Wally, which, you know, wrestles with all of these complex issues. You know, maybe we'll throw in inside out a kid kids movie. Yes. Like I was talking with Isabel about this recently again, too. Like when I first watched when we first watched Wally as we were kids, like hated that movie. I was like, what is this? Yeah, like, people were really bored. This like, anti-capitalist, like, silent movie that's, like, kind of cute, I guess. But, like, I don't I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, watching it now, obviously, it makes a lot more sense. But, like, even, like, Ratatouille. Yeah. It's, like, about, like, criticism and, like, what awakens, like, really important things inside of us. Which, how appropriate for Pixar to make a movie about, like, touching, like, hardened adults' hearts. But, like... Yeah. It, I think they, they've been doing this for a long time. And I think soul is a little bit more direct and it's like not for kidsness mm-hmm. than like maybe others have been. And that's why I'm like, maybe like be careful because like, don't lose sight of your target audience while, but I love soul. I mean, I, I adored soul and I yeah. think it's like one of my favorite Pixar movies ever, but like, if I was to show that to my nephews, they wouldn't enjoy it. No, because but if I was they don't know sh- what's going on. If they like, was to show like Monsters, Inc. or Finding Nemo, they would like be engrossed the entire time, you know? Yeah. I I, I, I don't know. I, well, and I, I recently watched uh, Inside Out kind of just because I had a hankering for it. I was like, I really need to watch this. Great movie. Um, and I did. And like, boy, it holds up. Flaps hard. And with things like Wally and Inside Out, and I'm going to say it. You know what? I'm going to say it. Even The Good Dinosaur. I know that people don't like that movie. And personally, it's quite low on my letterbox list because there are better Pixar movies. Right. Um, but even The Good Dinosaur can be appreciated for its simplicity, its achievement in you know visual storytelling, its achievement in visual effects. Yeah, I've not seen it, but I, I've seen like like still images and it looks right. quite and striking. So Pixar has to choose very quickly having soul come out and then luca which is kind of a luca seems like i get good dinosaur vibes from it like really just like the animation's like different and it seems like they're going in a new direction but it's like kid and animal or kid turns into animal and they learn things and they have like fun adventures and stuff but that that like instead of like kid and animal like figure out like a like a very important like human moral or human uh, truth it's like kid and kid slash animal and kid slash animal get in hijinks in italy like that's like it's like it's like call me by your name is mermaids but yeah without less the, gay uh, i don't know well, well i guess we'll find <laughs> could out could be gay i don't get i totally don't get it i don't now, know but the thing is like if you're going from soul to luca to turning red like it's just a very interesting that's that's uh, three movies i don't quite understand right like it's just like I, I support I support new IP like that's yep. really cool onward soul Luca turning red all brand new IP for Pixar that's awesome and I fully support it with that but yep. like where in there do you get your Monsters Inc where in there do you get your Finding Nemo where in there do you get your Incredibles which is like these like former IP that are super successful and still all of them hold up so well you right. know Toy Story obviously is another one but like I don't want four bugs lives in a row. Like I, I don't want f- like four good dinosaurs in a row. I don't want four right. braves in a row. Like just like, I hope that this works out for them because if they aren't careful, another animation studio with a successful lineup with the Mitchells versus the machine and maybe with a vivo, if, well, if people respond to it, <laughs> I'm not going to try you, to compare. You say that like, to try, yeah, like you're, you're like, you're like, come on, vivo. Come on. I'm in your corner. <laughs> like dude, vivo be the greatest movie I've ever seen. No, you'll hold on to that. Viva I la vivo. <laughs> nice. Very good. Uh, but I think the conclusion of this conversation before we get too lost in the weeds and wind up with a 77 minute episode, uh-huh. um, I think I think there's just no resolution for this. We'll just kind of have to see where it goes. Yeah, and for I, sure, I, I think before any just like closing thought, I think animation is best when it doesn't lose sight of its target audience, which is for children. Yeah, um, and I hope I I think animation should be accessible to children, but also challenge children to think differently. Um, and I think the best of Pixar can do that, but I think the best of Sony Pictures Animation can also do that. Now, here's the thing: to bring it full circle, what's up? Um, so I 
when I was home recently, I watched Mitchell's versus the machines um, with my family. My dad adored it. Yeah. Right. So you're talking about target audience and yes, you have a target audience, but if you can hit everything else as well, it's like, go you. Yeah, for sure. Like to bring literally it, every yeah. box along the way to bring it back full, full circle. Avatar came out on Nickelodeon back in 2008 for kids. Mm -hmm. And when it dropped on Netflix, my dad was immediately interested. Right. And we like the three of us watch it together. Me, myself and uh, and my or me, myself and yeah, right. <laughs> myself and me, I <laughs> Silas and my dad. Right. Uh, watch it together. And like my dad was immediately interested. You're talking about target audience and hitting every other mark right. is like you have to have stuff that can do that to stay relevant for a timeless amount of time. Right. And it, 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 it's, it's got it, it, that's the factor. That's the factor like soul might not be as timeless as something like Mitchell's versus the machines because it's not going to hit every mark. Like it's going to turn into like, I don't, yeah, I existential can't... crisis movie for people that are like really, really emotional yeah. or like find their passions in themselves, like conflating as one. Whereas like ch children aren't going to come back to it. I think it'll get lost in the annals of Pixar because, yeah. because of that reason. But this movie, this Sony pictures movie, I think will stand because it's like one dropped on Netflix in the middle of a pandemic people don't feel comfortable to go outside and so it's accessible and two you can watch it with literally all like types of people and like on top of that it's inspiring children to like be creative and like do things you know yeah. like and be gay yeah <laughs> well <laughs> it's not it's not what i'm saying but like i mean if, if you want to and if you feel if you feel seen by that like go do that like yeah. cool like find yourself in that that's awesome i think we should normalize stuff like that also just like casual representation where it's not like and katie's gay and that's a big deal because she's it's like no it's like very casual her family like is supportive of it and granted that's not everybody's reality well, also of it's, course it's not the part of her that her parents don't understand right which i really love yeah of course it's not like you make movies and are gay oh, i don't get it it's oh, like no <laughs> it's like i don't understand the creative part of you which i think is you know pretty pretty telling for a lot of people um so i i don't know it, it's just uh, it's good stuff man it is good stuff and there's more stuff you know there's yeah. more stuff to come yeah like vivo and vivo 2 and vivo 3 uh, consequently vivo la vivo <laughs> hotel transylvania 5 yeah uh the rise now, of Gru. <laughs> now we're at a motel <laughs> minion 7 president minion <laughs> Oh, last thing, Capper. Okay, Capper. Yeah. This whole Sony Pictures animation talk yeah. and all of their like missteps and everything reminded me of the Sack Lunch Bunch bit uh, where they do the focus group for Bamboo 2 Bamboozled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and where it's like you hit the marks on like that. Uh, that sketch is just perfect. Oh, it's so good. And how it represents like just the dumbest parts of animation right now. Yeah. yeah that, I think that that is like for anybody that wants to like go back and have a laugh about like dumb animation. I think that sketch in the sack lunch bunch totally, totally freaking works. And our episode that we keep referencing. Yeah. So go back and watch, go back and listen to that. Um, I think in the reading, watching, listening to segment, I kind of already talked about I'm watching Cora and not a whole lot else. Wait, you've been watching Cora. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, the new bleachers song came out today. It's called, um, stop stop the hurt stop, don't it's, sure it's a good song okay. I, just, I don't know what to tell you it's, <laughs> it's, it's a word it's, for it's, it it's a good tune um what else i don't know if there's anything else about you well um my fiance and i have been watching all of the marvel movies in order oh yeah um for for the month of may we're actually as we near the end we're actually going to be kind of changing the order a little bit because oh, i really? i really don't want to watch um I don't want to watch Infinity War and then uh, Captain Marvel and Ant-Man and the Wasp before Endgame. Okay. I think that Captain Marvel kind of juts in there and is very just kind of out of place. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I'm we're keeping that there important. because it is concurrent with Infinity War. Right. Um, but we're going to watch Black Panther and uh, Captain Marvel before Thor Ragnarok and then Thor Ragnarok will be immediately before Infinity War. Okay. I think it's probably the coolest way to watch it. It's pr probably fair. I think you can throw Captain Marvel literally in. Anyway. Yeah. It no, doesn't you're, matter. You're 100% yeah. right. Should have watched it first, honestly. Gotten it out of the way. Uh, do you not like it? It's. I don't. I just, I think it's very tonally, very mute. 
it's I, very boring to me. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's like I, I haven't thought about it since I watched it. Right. And not because it's like I hate women. Women suck. Brie Larson sucks because she's a woman. And she hates men. Like, that's not the reason why. It's no, just because it, like, I don't think the movie's that great. I like, think in terms of like modern Marvel movies, it's very regressive. They, well, it's standard. I feel yeah. Like. It's just like it's like a very, very middle of the road. Um, but it's shoot. it's been good. Like, yeah, having w- gone back and watched them, it's fun to appreciate little tiny call outs um, that matter later. Um, like they talk way more about Thanos and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, than I remember. Yeah. Um, and you know a lot of a lot of other things, especially so. Last night we watched Age of Ultron, sure. and it's a lot better than I remember. Oh really? Um, I've been updating. I my... remember not liking that movie. Right. Whatsoever. I know it's a lot I, better I... than I remember, and the, the amount of like okay, the dialogue for Ultron is like perfectly written. The amount of times that he uses biblical references is astounding, and I could talk about it for a very long time. Yeah um but, but still it, it's just kind of like pretty good yes yeah yeah um so i've been slowly updating my letterbox list as i've been making my way through them to kind of be like okay, okay now where do i feel about this because i've only seen most of them once maybe twice so that's what i've been reading and watching and listening to i suppose i don't think there's anything that i've i can even think of that i've been reading watching and listening to that's boring maybe cora maybe cora i i don't know oh I, we watched the first episode of Invincible. And I'd oh, like to return yeah. to it. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get back there eventually. I, I like almost started Jupiter's Legacy. But, I've been wanting to. But I, I've just not heard the best things oh, about that's it. That's another thing. I've been watching The Bad Batch. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes um, yes, And it's yes, very yes. good. It's I'm not seen it yet. I, I think it's really good. I will get there at some point, I'm sure. Um, But I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, I um, think that wraps it up. Next time, Noah will bring me a topic and we'll discuss it at length as we do. And I'm looking. For, do you have a hint? Do you have a? Um, I can't. I can't drop a hint yet. It okay. needs to be more fully formed. Okay. Well, we're recording this on like a Tuesday, and we drop on Friday, so we've got some time. Yeah. Anyway, um, as always, uh, a special shout out to uh, our wonderful friend Brady Bolden for writing and composing our theme. Uh, again, I'm your host Bailey Hunt, and you can find me at Bailey James twelve fifteen on Instagram and Bailey J Hunt on Twitter. And I'm your co-host Noah DeGeorge. You can find me at Noah underscore DeGorgeous both on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find our podcast Instagram at Strictly Conversational Podcast. Gotta resurrect that guy. I gotta gotta be more active on that Instagram. We're about to be. Yeah. So keep us keep us keep us in your mind's eye we're coming back baby in a big way back with a vengeance back boss baby back boss baby family business is coming out